Hi there, and welcome to the Future of Influence podcast. Here we discuss the power of influence, leadership, overcoming challenges, and more. They call me King Raj Singh, creator of the Future of Influence podcast. Stay on after the show, and we'll share how you can be the next guest on one of the fastest-growing podcasts in our industry. With that, here we go. Welcome to the Future of Influence podcast. I'm your host, Sandy Fowler, and have a extra special guest here today. We have Raj Singh, known as King Raj, who we love and adore. And Raj is the CEO and founder of Financial Freedom Mastery Academy, as well as being responsible for having this podcast here for all of us to enjoy and learn from. Raj, thank you so much for taking time out to be on the podcast today. You're welcome, Sandy. I'm honored to be here. Appreciate it. I have to admit that I've been really looking forward to this conversation. I want to understand more about what exactly it is that you do for your clients. What what services do you offer? How are you helping them solve a problem that they have? Well, my main mission is to help others generate even more passive income vehicles, multiple streams of passive income so that they can uh, create financial freedom and ultimately just live life to the fullest. And the vehicles that I use for that are all passive income based. So you can have your money work for you instead of you working for money. So whether it's ATM machines, many people don't know that you can own an ATM machine. They think you have to be a bank or financial institution to own one, but I have courses set up and show people how to do that. Or whether they want to uh, invest in apartment buildings between 100 to 200 units where they're so large that you can't try to do the painting yourself or do any of that work. So you have to get the management company in place to do so. And it goes on and on, especially today with uh, what's what's going on with with uh, just basically the um, a whole pandemic and, and Amazon, more people are home buying and shopping. So the Amazon stores, Walmart stores, they're just uh, doing great right now as well. So any type of those uh, passive income vehicles is, is what I really love to do, as well as the really exclusive VIP masterminds, just where I can bring a few uh, people uh, all around the world to different uh, exotic retreats in very cool cool destinations that we can meet, whether it's a celebrity and hang out with them or do really cool things that money cannot buy those experiences or those meetings with those people. It's only because of relationships and connections. So some of that uh, exclusive type things are what I love to do for my clients, as well as myself. Why not? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I can hear that you're really passionate about this. And I am curious why so much passion for passive income? That is a great question. It started out well when I was a kid. I had uh, my parents got divorced, and money was always an issue because if one parent made more money, the other one one would want more child support. And they always taught me to do good in school, get a good education, and get a scholarship so that can pay for my school. And I did study hard. I got a scholarship, a partial scholarship, but they just couldn't afford the other half of the tuition. So I ended up uh, going to the public school instead, but it was there at a young age, I realized that I never wanted this to happen to my future family. You know, my, my parents, hardworking people, they just uh, couldn't make ends meet in that way. So I started as a teenager, just studying wealth, how it was created, reading books, uh, attending seminars, uh, you know, doing whatever I could. When I started uh, having income, I hired mentors and coaches, and I still do the same now, just at a different level. But that's why I'm so passionate about that, because I believe that it can 
really save families and save households if 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 you know both parents are have the freedom to be home with their with their kids as well instead of working so hard trying to do all these different side hustles um, so that they have their money working for them so now they can do the things they want to do with the people they want to do it with. Well, the other piece that you are passionate about in here is the influence that is grown through through business. And I'm curious what your top strategies are for helping your clients grow and attain influence. Well, I believe that uh, when you speak of influence and being influential, that it really is a responsibility. And I believe that to be my my purpose <laughs> on this earth, quite frankly. And that's why through my books or through speaking on stages or singing on stages, whatever I'm doing, uh, it's really for people. I just love to inspire them, empower them. And some strategies just include, I would say, mindset. It's a lot of mindset work, thinking differently. You know, it's not uh, what you know, it's who you know, but it's also not who you know, it's who knows you. So I like to uh, introduce my clients to each other and have them um, just, just really be that connector where I can open my Rolodex and see how someone I know may be able to help someone else. Uh, I think that's really, really important. And then especially with influence, um, they say we live in the information age, but I believe it's it's beyond that. Now we're more into the advisory age. You know, people um, are more willing to trust uh, book authors than even doctors nowadays with uh, certain things with their health. So we live in a whole new era. And I believe that just having the right advisors, the right mentors um, for you specifically customized, and that's what I love to do for my clients. And I love that my, my mentors do that for me. Um, I think that's the the number one way to go for for the quickest, the most accelerated way to uh, being you know, more successful in whatever it is that you want. Well, you mentioned the information age, and I know a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of people are feeling more like it's the over-information age. There's a lot of too much information. And that sounds like it ties in well with your passion around relationships and influence and connecting people because we can get that, which information is best? Which information do we really want? Well, we want the information from the influencers. That's what I hear you sharing with us is that those relationships actually like filter the information. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> I think you hit the nail right on the head there. Um, when it when it comes to that information, one of the things uh, my clients will ask me at first when we start is, okay, what do I need to learn? What do I need to read? What are we going to go through? And uh, so they can get more data, more input in their in their brains. And I'm just like, no, first take a step back. And you have to first unlearn everything that you think you know, and that's the whole mindset thing. We have to unlearn um, all these years of uh, being brainwashed and 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 what the you know, school system and everything else, you know, corporate America has has just trained us to believe. And certain things are just not true, or just not not the best way of thinking. So it's to unlearn that first, so now you can learn it again. As you were building your business, and actually long before you built a business, you're telling us that you were educating yourself. And I'm sure that you learned from the school of hard knocks along the way, that you learned many lessons and faced many challenges. What, what kinds of challenges did you face and how did those relationships and mentorships help you through them? Hmm. What challenges have I faced? Oh, so many. It's like, which ones do I, do I pick? Uh, in business, uh, I mean, I know what it's like to, to not have money, not 
figure out how to make ends meet, um, have to, you know, settle on, on credit cards and have them piling up after I uh, finished paying for college, just through credit cards and loans, and then going out into the real world, right, and, and having to start over. And uh, just to get to zero was a big um, accomplishment, right, from being negative. So I remember how that felt. And then years later, uh, when the real estate crash happened in around 2008 and i had you know millions of dollars of real estate out there and it just pretty much uh went you know <laughs> belly up um that was a, a rough time a rough patch and, and, and they say if you don't learn humility on the way up you'll surely learn humility on the way down so i know what that feels like and i think those experiences all um, have caused me to uh, now really be a great not only student but a great teacher and advisor to my clients because I've been there. I know what it's like to go through all of those things to, to start from ground up and just to have this desire and, and uh, you know, have different uh, setbacks, but every setback is truly a setup for a comeback. So as you lean on those experiences when you're working with clients, how have those lessons helped you help your clients? when they come up with the same types of obstacles, how do you, how do you lean on that experience to walk them through the obstacles? It starts more with being relatable to them and sharing my story with them for whatever it is that they're going through. That's what I found. Because at one point I remember when I was uh, flying, uh, I would, I would speak at seminars. I'd fly on uh, you know private jets, go on these yachts, meet all these celebrities backstage and everything. And people see me on social media doing all this grand stuff, which I love to do. That's just my personality, my type A personality. And they would always think when I speak then that uh, how would Raj know? How would I even be able to relate to them to, to help them? I'm in a different league or category. And then I would have to really hone in on my story with them and letting them know, like, I wasn't born into this. I worked for it. And I know what it's like not to have that. And I know what it's like to have it and uh, to lose it and then how to earn it again. Um, and I think because I'm able to relate to them, once they start to really know my story, that I'm just an average middle class uh, you know, person. My, my parents um, weren't uh, the, the most age educated or, or, or anything like that. You know what I mean? Just average uh, people. They're immigrants that came to this country and uh, first born here and just uh, lived in a, a regular um, city, you know, Jersey City. Uh, New Jersey, and uh, nothing extra special about me except a desire to always want to learn and grow and do more. So I think that's my number one um, asset that I have is just relatability to clients because I've been there. And, and so I can tell them for a fact, like, this is what I did to move from one level to another level and from that level to another level. And I can help them too. And it sounds like you're just really there for your clients in many ways, to be able to lean on, to be an inspiration, as well as shifting mindsets and sharing information with them. And with that part of your personality, I think that's probably part of the reason that you've grown so much influence, that you are so people-oriented, so helping-oriented. So now that you've grown this influence, how, how do you use that now? How do you impact either your industry or your clients or the world with the influence you've created? Well, I don't try to do any of the mass media stuff. Like there's a lot of, uh, uh, I guess, cheap sales tactics and courses out there and everything else that are that are just like the, the average steps to do if you want to be a coach or a speaker or a 
you know, advisor, consultant, whatever it is that that the masses are teaching. What I've always found that you want to do what the, the the masses are doing. You don't want to do that. You want to look at that and just do the complete opposite or figure out ways around that. So one of the things I love doing as well is helping my clients if they have a a funnel already, a, a sales system process where they have someone you know start into their program with a freebie or a small ebook for just a couple of dollars and they go through a bigger course package, let's say, to consulting with them, coaching with them, you know, and it goes up in price all along. But what I've been able to do through my mentors as well is teach people how to uh, basically flip their funnel, how to invert the funnel. So now you're not going for that uh, those those low cost uh, first entry of your clients coming in, but you're actually doing the highest ticket item you sell first. So I like doing that because it's a different quality of of clients and everything. So now when someone wants to, you know, if they have a, a large investment, they're looking to see what the best passive income investment is, or if they have to, um, they, they want to go on an exotic mastermind retreat and meet people uh, at a whole different level that can skyrocket their business then that's what I'm actually focusing on first with with my own business is the high ticket sales first. And then you flip it where uh, you get residuals afterwards from licensing and things like that, where you can start afterwards after you know, you've know you made the sale, then you can still get some of each, a percentage of all of those sales as well. So, so my point to answer your question is it's always doing something completely different than what everyone else is t- teaching. Interesting. That's very interesting. And so how does all this tie into creating this podcast? You've created an entire podcast around the future of influence. What inspired you to do that? What's your goal here? It's just another way to impact people. So whether I'm on stages, whether I'm on the phone, whether I'm meeting them in person, one-on-one, whether it's through, um, you know, any any of my CDs or audios or DVDs, and I'm on so many different platforms out there for, if it's my inspirational music or, or my speaking as well. Um, but this is just another vehicle, another means to get my message out to people, which I'm really passionate about, as you can see, and people, I think, feel that from me as well. So uh, it would be uh, a great disservice to humanity, I feel, if I did not do this podcast just to reach more people and help them become influential with the people around them, whether it's in business or whether it's their family and friends. Because once you have that skill, you you gain that type of energy where people just gravitate towards you and they just latch on to anything that you say, then you can use that for anything, in any kind of a relationship whether business or not, or personal. It's just you because you've changed. You've became, become more influential. Interesting. So how are you using podcasting to grow your business besides obviously being here today? <laughs> I'm using it just to um, leverage other podcasters as well. Um, it's funny because sometimes I speak on big stages all over the world or, or huge Zoom meetings. And then sometimes there's the very small ones with just a few intimate people. It might be a dozen or a couple of dozen people. And I find that the uh, returns from the smaller group are so much more. So I'm always looking for ways to just collaborate and you never know what, where it will lead to. So one of the ways I leverage podcasting is with other podcasters where we can basically share our audience, share our message, um, interview each other. 
And another way is also to interview uh, celebrities. Let's say there's a celebrity out there, someone that has a lot of influence in their particular niche or business, and I'd like to meet them for a cup of coffee. It's They're more likely to do it if I'm inviting them for a podcast, let's say, and I could pick their brain for a few minutes and uh, they feel good. It's a, you know, they feel honored by it in most cases. And at the same time, I got to really meet someone cool that I wanted to meet. So there's different methods like that. Well, you said something in there that caught my interest. You said that, yes, you can speak to large audiences, but oftentimes it's the smaller groups that have a greater return on your investment of time and energy. And I would like to know how you see that with influence. Like, how do you feel like you have to be speaking to the most powerful person in the room? Or do you have to be speaking to a large group of people in order to use influence and leverage that? I think it could be both ways. And they're both different uh, skill sets a little bit because it takes a different dynamic and and charisma to uh, keep the hold and grasp of a large audience, if it's thousands and thousands of people, especially if they're far away from you, to to, to get that connection. Um, but if it's a smaller group and it's more intimate, then y- you are like right in their face. They're watching you, you know, just like on a Zoom call. Let's say if it's only a few people, so then everyone sees what you're doing. You can't just go glance off and doodle or something like that because you have to stay engaged and interact with them. So it just depends. There's different. Uh, uh, tips and hacks uh, for each size of an audience. But the main thing that I've um, learned is to just stay thinking about what's best for them, what's in, what, what can I do for them, how do I service them? Because if I start getting, let's say, nervous or think about how do I look? Am I saying the right things? Is my stuff professional enough? Blah, blah, blah. Then I'm putting the focus back on me and that's just being egotistical. But if I really am truly in service to them, I just let all that go and just try to teach, teach, teach whatever I can to impact their lives. And it sounds like it's that connection that really gets you there, which circles all the way back to the beginning of our discussion where you talked about relationships and connection. And this just all seems to mesh together in your world. Yes, absolutely does. Somehow the universe is just conspiring to just mesh it all together and work for my success. Yes. <laughs> so what do you hope to see happening or what do you see happening as people hear this podcast and they take the information and the insights and the inspiration from the guests on the future of influence? What do you hope to see happen as people gather that? I'm hoping they take the information and run with it because everyone that's uh, interviewed and and speaks on here is just someone that is really skilled and influential at their business, at whatever they're doing. And it doesn't matter the actual product they have, the actual service they have. One thing I've just realized is that success knows success. And it's the same principles, no matter what someone's doing to get successful at a company like this or a company like that. It's more of the inner game that creates the outer game. So it's all of that. So I would say uh, just really listen to uh, everyone that's being interviewed and take from it whatever you can, leave what you don't want, or challenge yourself and see how can you try that on for size in your business or in your life and uh, take it and run with it. Because these are time-tested, proven uh, success strategies. This is not just learning theory from a book. It's the actual person that has done that, sharing their secret sauce, their recipe with you and how you can do it too. And if you just take that, I mean, you'll have a lot of odds going in your favor to be successful. And do you have a story from a time where you tried on something you heard 
at an event or through a speaker at a different medium. And maybe it worked and maybe it didn't, but just a time where you tried something on and, and learned a lesson from that. Ooh, so many times, so many times. Um, ah, I have to see what the most impactful one. That's a loaded question, Sandy. Let's see. Um, so many of them. I would say, uh, uh, hmm. One of them is is just my relationship to money. I remember as a kid, uh, you know, I was just raised with, um, you know, coming from a Caribbean background. Caribbeans are very hardworking people, so they take pride in doing everything themselves. So if they have a house, for example, like they take pride in knowing how to do the tile work, the contractor work, the cement work, the every single plumbing, the electrical, everything themselves they'll do. But because of that, they don't necessarily have a lot of time with their family because they're always doing those things. And as I started learning from wealth mentors as I got older that at a young age that they start they would do delegation instead so it's not that they didn't know how to change let's say a doorknob or a door or fix something sometimes they didn't but the bigger um uh, the bigger insight here is that they would make sure they don't do certain low-level tasks even if they knew how to do it because that would take up their time and they want to use their time for higher level things and i think that was the biggest one that was like a contradiction from what i was growing up with uh, just hearing in my in my community and background you know like what have someone drive you instead of you driving just so you could do business calls instead for that hour or uh, have someone you know paint the house for you or just do little things take out the garbage for you if you can like obviously some things you might still want to do yourself some things your spouse might still make you do regardless of how much money you have or not and it's not a money thing sometimes people think oh when i get the money i'll have someone do that no is it the person that does that do they do that because they have the money or do they have the money because they do that so which came first you know it's creating those habits at a, at a, at a smaller level no matter where you're at and i think uh, that was the biggest lesson i had to learn with delegation and not having to do everything leave the low level tax for uh, other people that can do it while you work on the bigger things so you keep challenging your mind to grow and your bank account to grow as well when you first tried that on, when you first started doing that, how did it feel? It was weird. It was very weird because I started uh, in my investment career um, buying uh, real estate properties and um, I had contractors doing all the work for me. And a lot of the stuff I knew how to do uh, some level, but I wanted to really challenge myself when my coaches and mentors were like, no, Rod, you don't want to be doing that. You, you should not be doing that. I don't care. You know, if it's something that you can pay someone either minimum wage or close to that, you know, your, your brain will be a lot more creative and you'll like make a lot more than that. So instead of me doing that task by just um, taking the, the same amount of time, let's say I would have done two hours of a project that I could get someone else to paint, a contractor to paint, but I took those two hours and made business calls, what would my returns be afterwards and how much did it really cost to pay those contractors to do it? So once I really start, saw that this made sense, I'm a technical guy, I'm a computer science background, right? So I, I like things to just make sense on paper. And once I saw the numbers, it just, the numbers did not lie. It just made sense to do it that way. Well, and I noticed when we were talking, where you were speaking at the beginning and you were talking about buying large apartment complexes, one of the things you tossed in there was they're too big for you to even try to paint them yourself or to do those repairs and things yourself. Is that something that either you really struggled with or that you see clients struggling with? Is that delegation and letting go of the small tasks? That's great that you you caught on to that. Yes, absolutely. So many times, I mean, uh, clients 
try to do that, you know, friends, family, anyone, it's our natural instinct to say, oh, I'll just do it real quick rather than get someone. It's just easier for me to go by there and do that. But all those little, but all those little times, they add up every time someone does that. So uh, that's why it's it's not that one time. It's how many times are we doing that over the course of a year? And you'll see all those hours add up. And now what if we use those hours for something else? Yeah. All right. So your number one piece of advice, looking back over your experiences, looking back over everything you have experienced with your clients, what would your number one piece of advice be to anybody who wants to, to, to grow wealth, to grow passive income, to grow that influence? Number one piece of advice. Number one. I promise. We, we, everyone who hears you promises, we will do one thing and only one thing, Raj. What is that one thing you want us to do? <laughs> it was everything I just said. Plus, all right, this is it. This is the <laughs> thing. Find someone that's where you want to be in life, take notes, and just do that. It's that simple. Find someone that's where you want to be and do that. Look at the people that are where you don't want to be and just look if you're doing any of those things that those people do. But I think that's the most powerful, basic thing that I've ever heard. And I still do it to this day. And I only, you know, go towards the trees that have, that are bearing fruits, if you know what I mean. I do. And the thought that came to me when you said that is it it really is kind of counterintuitive because whatever it is that we're doing, we're probably surrounded by people who are doing those same things. That's the natural tendency. So if we've decided we want something else, I hear you telling us we need to look elsewhere for that inspiration and not just leave it at inspiration. We need to take notes and take actions that the, that, that person is taking or those people are taking. Yes, because it's not the time that we're um, spending doing something else for that hour. That's the real issue. But the real issue is what we could have been doing instead with that hour, what we could have lost instead. And that's where it really gets, uh, you know, technical. And uh, we can see a trickle effect of just uh, so much as, as it just gets further and further out the pivot. Well, and that would be some of that mindset that you talked about is our mindset in that I need to paint the apartments and, you know, send out this particular email or sort through the email or are those things that I can let somebody else do so that I can be creative. I can keep an eye on the bigger picture. I can try something new. I can go down a new path. That's what I hear you telling us is delegate the little stuff, focus on the big stuff. And, and as you said, you know, we need to be looking to someone who already knows how to do that. (laughs) You got it. That's absolutely correct. And mindset, you know, all the gurus talk about that. And I believe I'm, I'm a mindset guy. Like I I am so um, into mindset and know how much it, it can, it can help or hurt any situation, but even before mindset, what I like to focus on is personality. And I don't know too many people that focus on this, but our personality is formed by the time we're practically age seven or eight. And once that's formed, it's very hard to change our personality. And so many people don't really hone in on what their personality is. So that's why I developed with the Financial Freedom Mastery Academy, an entire money personality course where we do a short quiz, just takes a couple minutes to complete. And then you get uh, training videos where I tell you what your exact money personality type is. And because of that money personality, what type of businesses you should get involved with or not, what type of um, industries, what type of coaches you should hire and which ones you should not hire, 
just because of your money personality. So it's even more than mindset. And I love this, this type of work, really knowing yourself and then seeing what to do once you know that. What I really love about that statement, Raj, is you're not telling us, oh, here's your personality type and this is how you change it. You're saying, okay, this is you. Let's make smart choices based on what we just learned about ourselves. Yes, that's it. Exactly. And I especially loved when you talked about these are the kind of coaches to hire and not hire because we've all spent a lot of money on classes and coaches and things that just weren't a fit for us. But you sift and sort through all of that and say, hey, this is what actually makes sense for you. Look for this. Yep. For example, with coaches, some people like to have a tough love coach that really challenges them for their personality. And then others are like, no way. They want someone supportive and loving and just to nurture them and cure them. It's, you know, just uplift them. So it all depends. And, it, and it's very important that, you know, it's very crucial to what that does to your results as well. I love that. So where can we find you online to get more information and, or connect with you? Sure. You can connect with me on uh, any of my social media, but my hub for all of these type of websites and social media connections, you can go to thekingraj.com. That's T-H-E-K-I-N-G-R-A-J.com, thekingraj.com. And you'll see a list of all the social medias there. Fantastic. Thank you so much. I think you've given us some really amazing insights today and definitely given us a roadmap that we can begin to follow to look for passive income or to make a change in our circumstances. Thanks so much for sharing, Raj. Thank you, Sandy. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Future of Influence podcast. If you're interested in sharing your story by being a guest on our show, please visit https colon slash slash kingrajsingh.com slash podcast slash apply to apply. And if you liked what you heard, please also visit and follow us on all social media. Please subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Once again, they call me King Raj Singh, and thanks again for listening to the Future of Influence podcast. Tune in next time.